Hi, and welcome to our series of Five by Five. Um, this is we want to ask Melissa Hamilton today, the founder of Brave Feminine Leadership, five questions, and hopefully you all get five nuggets of information from it. Um, our topic today is vulnerability, and uh, welcome, Melissa. Thank you, Kelly. Is it okay to say I feel vulnerable at the start of this? What are you going to throw at me today? <laughs> well, that's probably what I wanted to achieve, Melissa, is to have you feeling vulnerable to see how you actually are coping this situation. But on a serious note, um, this is such a, a great topic for us to be talking about today. It really has become the buzzword in leadership. I'm hearing vulnerability everywhere. And in your experience, I just really wanted to understand today, what does it mean to you to be a vulnerable leader? Is it the new superpower that we're hearing? And really from that, I'm inferring, do you think it's a strength um, or is it still perceived as a weakness? Okay. Um, well, I like the question already, but um, let me jump in first with what it means to me. Um, I guess it means choosing to step outside of my comfort zone, even though I don't know what the outcome might be. So, you know, I might I might get rejected. I might feel embarrassed. Um but I know by doing it, it actually provides a path to growth for me. So the alternative is to stay in my comfort zone and that's not going to give me any growth. So that's what it means to me. I think it is an absolute strength. You know, I think there's been a change coming for a long time. You and I talk about it a lot around a rejection mm -hmm. of old command and control style leadership. I think people are, um, COVID's probably accelerated that, but I think people are craving leaders who are open, transparent, collaborative, um, because it builds trust. And I think vulnerability is one of those gateways through to building connections with people. So you really do think it's going to be, it is a superpower we should be leveraging? It's a superpower for sure. And um, in the old style of leadership, I guess vulnerability would have been seen to almost have been a weakness. Yeah, it was. I think leaders um, leaders always felt like they needed to have the answer for everything. So, you know, they never wanted to ask help. I think people felt yeah. that they had to sort of prove themselves and things like that. So, yeah, it would have been seen as a power. And if I can add one more thing to that, I think, um, I think sometimes vulnerability is confused with emotion. Yes. And so I think you'd hear that confusion sometimes about, you know, oh, you know, she's in tears or whatever, that's so vulnerable and all these sorts of things. Vulnerability, to me, it's it's not necessarily displaying emotion like that. And I think people get confused sometimes. But, yes, it was seen as a weakness. That's a great point, Melissa, and thanks for sharing that because I think you're right. It's just understanding that vulnerability is about being open, honest, and, you know, as we talk about, you know, you're really leading with um, from an empathetic um, perspective, but, you know, in terms of yourself and your own insecurities. Were you always a vulnerable leader? And do you think it's a learnt behaviour or do you have to be born with it? I was always pretty good at connecting with people, but no, I was not always a vulnerable leader. Um, I shared a story recently with a group around, you know, I was a pretty high-performing executive and I think the first time I ever experienced what I would call failure um, was when, uh, you know, I was um, a general manager leading a whole lot of functions for a company and we bought a really large piece of business and kind of bolted it on and it was just like, Melissa, will you tack this onto your portfolio? And I did that and I was excited about doing that so there was no issue with being asked to do it. Um, but I quickly realised that I think we had underestimated the time that was going to be needed to focus on that new task 
And so I felt like I was failing left, right and centre, like nothing was going right. And it actually took my leader at the time to come and say, hey, we're taking that portfolio away from you, so that new piece of business. They put someone on it behind me who was full-time. So obviously they had more time to focus on it and that was a really good thing. But I felt like I had failed and it was probably the first time it took me a while to kind of reconcile it. But when I did and when I owned that story and talked as openly as I'm talking about it today, I actually realised then that the power of sharing with people when when you failed or made a mistake or things along your own journey make you a much better leader to other people because then they're not sitting there thinking, I could never do what she does. You know, it's okay to to fail. So, yeah, I had to learn my lesson along the way and, yes, you can learn it. And I love that tip about owning it and owning it out loud so that, you know, you're using it to serve you as opposed to be that thing that, you know, sits in your head and uh, plays that mental game against you. Is there such a thing as too vulnerable in leadership? Um, maybe. Um, you know, it's interesting. I I reflected again the other day. I used an example um, about a recent cyber attacks um, here in the Australian corporate landscape, two really, really big ones. And I was using the example of two um, CEOs. It just happened to be one male, one female. Mm. and um, I think I think unfortunately the female went first because I think she might have learned some lessons and being able to deal with it a little bit differently after that but I think both both CEOs did an exceptional job both CEOs were vulnerable both led with I'm sorry apologized you know did not shy away from any of this at all I think the key difference was um, you know unfortunately for the female CEO she teared up at a, a press conference for it now we can interpret that as saying, oh, my goodness, this um, is someone who cares passionately and deeply about her customers and therefore she's really upset by this. The reality is I think that is sometimes still seen as weak. You know, we've, mm. we've still got some outdated leadership archetypes around. Mm. Um, and I noticed that the second CEO chose not to present himself in public forums like that. It was very much done through long, detailed social media messages, a whole range of different things. So what happened there, I think, was a difference of self-awareness of yeah. how they might react in situations and therefore choosing where they put themselves. So I think I think maybe you can, the key is being self-aware to how you're going to react in a situation. Is it going to be how you want to react? Yeah, and there's something in that second scenario too about having more control over the message by using mediums that require the written word. You can still make yourself vulnerable, but, you know, you can take the emotion out of it and, and have a lot more control over the outcome. That's a great example. Thank you. Are there any situations where you would not lean on vulnerability? I think that's a hard question. Um, no. I actually don't think there is. Um, you know, I, I think, um, you know, maybe maybe a classic answer to that would have been in a crisis. Mm. So in a crisis, mm. people perhaps need a leader who, you know, there's no room for debate, there's no room for any of that. It's just we've got to go, we've got to go now and we're going in this direction. Um, you know, maybe, maybe in that situation. Yeah. I think we've all been in those sorts of situations where you have to do it. Um 
but that would be the only exception. Otherwise, no, I think I would always be prepared to, or even in those situations, if I felt there was someone who knew a better answer than me, I'd be prepared to say, hey, what do you think? Yes, absolutely. Or or something along those lines. So can I give you a, that's a, it's a 50-50 response. That's fine. What you've given though is a good example of even in those situations where, you know, you would historically have reverted to some more command and control behaviours, it's still good practice to reach out to the rest of your team and say, can we share this problem? Yes. So that's there's always a space for vulnerability. I think there's probably less space for that um, superhero type leader that just wants to do it all on their own. Absolutely. Finally then, um, what outcomes um, from this conversation would you like our current cohort to take away today? Um. I think I think a couple of things. Can I give you a lengthy answer here? Like Absolutely. I think there's some things that um, that we didn't really touch on on the way through. Um, vulnerability is really hard when we first start, so it's hard admitting that we've made mistakes or apologising when we're wrong or having difficult conversations with people and asking for help. And so sometimes it's normal to have a vulnerability hangover. Yeah. So, you know, that feeling the next morning or the night of all of those situations where you're just racking your brain thinking, why did I do that? And the inner critic comes up in those moments mm-hmm. and says things like, you know, I should have known that for, by now. Why am I asking for help? Or, you know, or I should have handled that better or whatever. And I think in those situations, if we can be kind to ourselves and if we can apply a kind of growth mindset, um, you know, which is we all learn at different paces, I'll get this, I just, it's okay to ask for help Um, and then I will get this and I will be flying once I've kind of got there. Um, I'd love people to take that away, right? That vulnerability hangover is normal, so stick with it. A hot tip I heard recently about getting rid of that was um, actually about zebras. Um, So (laughs) zebras being chased by lions, and you know you see them sprinting to the safety point of like the nearest waterhole and the zebra gets there and they're safe and the lion backs off and whatever else and the next thing you see the zebra do is they absolutely shake the crap out of themselves like it's a physical thing which is releasing that kind of fright or flight um, state that they're in we don't do that enough and so I kind of think to people, if you've got that vulnerability hangover or whatever going on, or even just that inner critic sort of criticising yourself, throw some music on really, really loud, dance the crap out of it and move that energy out of your body. Um, it really works. So that's one thing that I would love people to take away from that is step forward, do it, and then find a way to release that energy if you need to. The other thing is... Um, there's so many reasons that people don't step into vulnerability. Um, and, you know, there's a list of fears that we all hold. And so I think it's good for people to assess for themselves what are some of the things that stop them from stepping into vulnerability. And some of the things, for example, are the little list here, if I can look at it, was, you know, we fear being alone or being ignored or not valued. Um, we fear being abandoned we fear being rejected from asserting our true selves Um, it's not safe to do that we fear lack of recognition we fear failure and success Um, and there's this big fear people have about being fully alive Mm. 
versus conforming to who others think they should be or who they think they should be. So, you know, can I really do everything I want to do? And if I do that, who am I leaving out? You know, what? how am I impacting my family or other things like that? Those loops play in our head, right? And those loops play in our head and they keep us playing small. Um, and so, and I think everyone watching this will have had those particular situations. So, you know, I really want people to understand what some of those drivers are for themselves and um, find a way to step forward into vulnerability. Um, and I one thing you and I talk about a lot is about feedback, yeah. about going and getting feedback as one. It's a very vulnerable thing for people to do. And I always use the analogy about um, what we as corporate athletes can learn from professional athletes. Professional athletes know that they need to get specific targeted feedback and they need to get it often because it's the only way to grow. So I would love people watching this to go and ask for as much feedback as they can and then do something with that feedback. Fantastic. Well, thank you for clearing up for us what can be quite a grey subject because, you know, vulnerability is a word that we will all interpret to mean something to ourselves. And you're right, it can get so confused with emotion. Um, so all I hope today is that, you know, everyone's heard loud and clear, um, you know, new thoughts that they can disseminate on vulnerability and start practising it. So, Melissa Hamilton, thank you very much for your time. My absolute pleasure.